Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Kohler at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky here. Buck, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. Busy as ever. You put out some uh, really good content over Twitter and some of the stuff that you're putting on the web. So some of that has been kind of reacting to the aggregate tweets that you put out there. But uh, I'm excited to talk about some of this stuff on the pod. You know, it was pretty cool, I, and we'll get to that. I, I found a document. My wife had been doing some cleaning, and she found some old files. And one of them uh, was a folder called Scout School, which when I was with the Baltimore Ravens, Phil Savage had, had put this into place uh, where every scout would have to make a presentation to the staff at training camp. And uh, one of those presentations, we had somebody on our staff who had been with the Browns, uh, you know, all the way back to the early Belichick years. And Belichick had made a presentation to the staff on what they were looking for in players. And these are the typed up notes from that that discussion from uh, February 13th, 1991. Um, and they gave us uh, those handouts. And I when, this was probably back in 2004 or so when they gave us uh, these. So I found it. And a lot of the stuff that he said in here still holds true today, uh, which was fascinating. And in, in, in the last 24 hours after I posted this, 
one of the top receivers in the NFL shot me a direct message and said, uh, man, it's amazing how all this stuff is still true today. Uh, this morning, Buck, I had somebody say that their owner uh, on a conference call brought up uh, what was said in, in this packet with their staff. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of people that got a kick out of that thing. Yeah, well, it matters. I mean, like, DJ, we're, we're talking about things that can stand the test of time. And there's value to experience. And Bill Belichick has had a ton of experience. He's seen the game um, a variety of decades. And there's some things that are common denominators that will never go away. And I think what you highlighted and what you pointed out when discussing the offensive prospects, I think all that stuff matters. And if you look at the way the game plays out, like it may – have some ebbs and flows in terms of style of play from some outliers. But typically, the teams that win are the teams that are kind of built like that packet described. Um, big, physical, um, the ability to run the ball when you need to run it, quarterback that makes big decisions, that can make plays when he's called upon, um, and then having the variety of players to be able to depend on. Like those teams are always in the conversation. You may not win the championship each and every year, but you're always in the conversation. You're always under consideration. No doubt. And if you if you want to check that out, just go on my on my Twitter page, Move the Sticks. You can find that I tweeted out the offense. What we're going to do today on the podcast, um, I didn't want to give away all the goodies on, on Twitter, so we're going to do the defense. We'll talk about what he mentioned, what he looked for on the defensive side of the ball and see how that uh, holds up today. So that's going to be a fun discussion. Uh, but before we get there, Buck, uh, I do have an updated top 50. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to pull it up at all. There's not I mean, really not that much movement. Um, I can kind of go through some of the highlights here and just get your thoughts on them. But, uh, you know, Tua, I mentioned after seeing that video the other day, oh, you know, put too much stock into it. But, man, he looks like he's progressed quite well. Um, it gave me a little bit of courage, some of that uh, maybe Twitter courage, we would say, because we saw that video uh, posted on Twitter. And I moved him up one spot uh, to number six on my list. He's still my number two quarterback, but moved him up a little bit. Uh, other movement inside the top ten. Uh, Jedrick Wills, we talked about this, uh, you know, going back to kind of where you were at the beginning. Jedrick Wills is now my 10th player. He moved up two spots, and that's about where he began the process, Buck. I think I had him at eight or nine, so he's he's right back up there to number 10. At some point in time, you get to this point in the process, and you say, hey, let's not overthink this thing. What you thought initially was probably right. Well, look, DJ, we had that conversation privately on the phone about, like, how everything kind of comes back to uh, first impressions. And after this long journey, we kind of get back to where we started. And I think the big thing with the guys that you mentioned is just kind of knowing who they are and seeing them play at a high level consistently over time. It's easy to kind of fall back in love with those guys. And I think Jedrick Wills is a perfect example. He's really solid. He's been solid throughout his career. He's been solid when you watch the tape. And I think there is some comfort and value to just taking really good players. And I think at the end of the day, when we look back at this draft in four or five years, those players that we thought were just solid blue-chip players, they're going to kind of stand the test of time. And I think Dedrick Wills is going to be one of those guys. Yeah, I, I agree. And we get to 11 through 20, really not a lot of change. Um, nobody moving more than one spot except for one guy, and that is at number 18, Kenneth Murray, moves up four spots for me, the linebacker from Oklahoma. And people wonder, how can you move up during this time of year? Well, some of it's watching more tape. The other part of it, Buck, is when I've talked to the teams that have met with him and I've continued to have dialogue with people at Oklahoma, this kid's character and, and uh, just the way he handles himself is a pro. And so to me, I, I saw the ceiling with him, you know, because you see the speed. I didn't think, I thought instinct-wise he was good, not great. But 
you get to the point in the process where you get more comfortable with the person and the kid. And I'm like, these are the kind of guys you bet on. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in on Kenneth Murray. He's up four spots, number 18 for me. Good kid. Great leader. I think what's important when you look at um, a player like him, yeah, we can talk about the, the ability to hit, run, and cover, his ability to blitz, his ability to match up with running backs and do all that stuff. But the leadership stuff really matters. Um, the challenges that he's had to overcome at home. I think listening to Matt Rule and Matt Rule talking about football adversity and seeing how people deal with that kind of adversity and, and how they respond and how they handle it and how it kind of shapes and reveals their character, I'm more willing to buy into the kid. And I think the kid has the right kind of stuff to be successful. Yeah, we get to uh, we get to the twenty one through thirty, and uh, there's a little bit of movement here. Xavier McKinney goes down four spots, so basically, I kind of kept the list clean. I just swapped him uh, with Kenneth Murray, so they just swap spots there. Kind of kept the list a little bit cleaner. Uh, Xavier McKinney still the top safety for me. There's not there's no elite trait, Buck. He's just really solid. Um, he's a good force player. He's got a good instincts. He's a great tackler. Um, again, another high character person. Um, but not didn't have those elite traits to me that I would say, okay, I, I stand on the table. This is a top 20 pick. I have him as my 22nd guy. Yeah, no, it, it, it's funny with, with Xavier, right? Like Xavier strikes me as a, a good player, but I don't know. Like I don't know what kind of impact player he is, you know. Um, he's solid, but I don't know. It, it just kind of leaves me wanting more. And, I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily fair to him, but – when you think about like the top safety in a draft class, you think about a first round pick, you think about what is he going to add to the defense. And when I look at him, I see someone who can come in and be a, a solid starter, but I don't necessarily see a dynamic player. I don't see a game changer. So I don't know how excited or enthusiastic I would be in the first round to run the card up to say that this is going to be my safety. He's going to change our defense for the next five years. Yeah, that, and that's a challenge, and that's why you have some other guys that are behind him that have a higher ceiling. I think he's going to be a good player. I think you're not going to miss on him. He kind of goes back to the whole doubles thing, right? If you just want to hit a double, Xavier McKinney is a double. You're not going to miss on him. He's going to start for your team for the next eight years uh, and be a good player. I don't know if he's going to be a dynamic player, but I agree with you. He's going to be just a, a real solid good player. So that's where I have him. Another mover in this range, Brandon Ayuk. Um, I kind of wanted to go back to where I initially was on him. He goes up three spots to number 24. I just believe in I believe in this kid, man, and the way he plays. He's a red star type player. You know, I, I don't have I – mean, we talked to him, but I don't have as much information on him off the field. Uh, I enjoyed our conversation with him at the Senior Bowl. But the way he plays, the aggressiveness, the competitiveness, um, those are the guys that at the end of the day, that's the guys I want to have my name on, and that's why I moved him back up three spots to 24. I get it. I understand it. And, and like – Look, we talked about the process, right? We talked about the process is first just trying to get guys in the right neighborhood. Now it's trying to kind of put them in the right house. And that's where we're at. And there's some things like the guys that are really at the top of the board should be difference makers, game changers, guys that you can see the impact immediately when they walk into the field. And I think we're at the point now where we're kind of at that borderline stage that borderline stage where we may get start solid starters, but we don't know if these guys are necessarily going to pop. And so I understand it. I understand why you made the move. Yeah, you'll kind of see the theme here as we go 31 to 40. Um, the big mover there in that group uh, is going to be Zach Bond. And Zach Bond goes up five spots. He's up to number 33. And this is, I think I had him in this neighborhood at one point in time. He kind of finds his way back up there. But again, it's when you get to this point in the process, Buck, and I say, okay, this is close to being finalized. 
these are the guys that I'm stamping my approval on, and I want to go with the guys that play extremely hard and are competitive. Um, and Zach Bond can rush. He can cover a little bit. He can do a lot of different things. But more than anything else, Buck, he just plays so dang hard. Those are the guys I want to bet on. Yeah, man, like um, people don't understand this, but like hustle matters to me when I'm looking at the tape. Do you run to the ball? Do you finish? Do you do the little stuff? Um that I consider to be kind of championship caliber effort. When I look at Zach Bond, his versatility and all that stuff, I absolutely love. But I love the way that he plays, the effort that he expands, how he finishes, all those other things. And so um, if I'm buying into somebody, I want to buy into someone that's going to be what I call a 100% effort guy, a guy that's going to play hard from snap to whistle. He's going to make the plays that are there to be made. He's going to line up in the right space place he's going to do the little things and Zach Bond does all of that and I was even more impressed with him after watching him at the senior bowl new defense out of his element comes in and just kind of makes plays just a steady Eddie player yep yeah that's him that's a good way to describe him and uh, I think you'll see him go probably 25 to 35 is my guess uh, Jeremy Chen he goes up five spots to 43 we've talked plenty about him this the uh, safety slash linebacker you know some people view him as a will I think he can play down there in that role uh, from Southern Illinois, uh, he's up to number 43. But there's two new additions, and I finally did it, Buck. I feel like we've been talking about this forever. But uh, 49 is Lloyd Cushenberry, who's a good player, and I uh, wanted to get him in there, so he goes into 49. And then finally, number 50, uh, I made the plunge. I, I slept like a baby last night after turning this in, Buck, because I put Jalen Hurts in at number 50. <laughs> um, yeah, he has been a guy that he's such a polarizing prospect, particularly on Twitter. Um, the reaction that you get um, when you do things or you're flowery in your evaluation of him is funny. But I think, DJ, we, we've seen it. We've, we've been around the game a long time, and we've seen these players kind of find a way to uh, last and carve out nice careers. Uh, Jalen Hurts is productive. Jalen Hurts is smart. He's tough. He's competitive. He's performed well on a big stage for two different teams. He's a winner. He's led his team to the winner circle, two different teams. And so we can nitpick and, and talk about like, oh, I wish he would throw it a little better. He could do this a little better. But at the end of the day, like the the total of, of everything that he brings to the table is one that I, I just think you're going to have a tough time convincing coaches and scouts that he's not going to make it. And we've talked about hey, he's going to go – day two, but not being surprised if at the bottom of the first, maybe he hears his name call. I just think he's a really, really solid player. And the fact that he handled the Tua situation with the way that he handled it, I think it's just another feather in his cap. Yeah, and I find it funny. I mean, a lot of people are like, no, this guy's going in the fourth round. You're crazy. I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I, I think it only takes one team. And and I'll, I'll read you the end of my, uh, my summary here, Buck. Uh, overall, Hertz must continue to improve in the passing game, but I'm going to bet on his eventual success due to his playmaking skills and overall competitiveness. The kid's wired the right way. Um, he's won a lot of football games. He can make plays. I was uh, tweeted this out the other day, when, and I think we might have even talked about it on the podcast, which was, man, you're going to be under pressure in the NFL. That's that, It's a pressure league. So how do you play under pressure when you've got free rushers, uh, when you've got to be able to, to think quick and make things happen? Now, you need to do one of two things. You need to be able to identify it and attack, or you, or you better be athletic enough to escape. And while I think Jalen's still going to take some time to get comfortable being able to identify and attack, 
And I, I think right away, Buck, he's going to be able to escape and create. And when you look at some of these quarterbacks in this draft class, they can't do either. I can hang my hat on the fact I know for a fact uh, this kid can escape and create and make some plays. Yeah, I, I, I think the escape, the creating part is big. But, DJ, I, I want you to go back and just think about what we saw from him at the Senior Bowl. We saw him take a butt-kicking in the Senior Bowl where he was getting drilled and hit and hit over and over again because they were having a tough time blocking him up front. And he didn't flinch. And for all of the traits that we can talk about the quarterback, your quarterback has to be a tough guy. Um, He has to be tough enough to be able to weather the storm and not change. And I think for Jalen Hurts, he doesn't change after he gets tapped around. And that toughness to me is probably an underrated quality that we demand from quarterbacks, but it's one of the things that he has that leads me to believe that he's going to be successful. All right, let's uh, let's let's put a button on that there from the top fifty because I want to get to this Belichick thing in the time we have left and just talk talk through some of the stuff he talked about on defense again. This is nineteen ninety one. Uh, so Buck, I'm going to go through and read you what he said on the defensive line. Um, as well as kind of the overall thing. So at the very top, it says defense, uh, defend the middle of the field first, not allow offense to run or pass inside, pressure on the QB up the middle, force them to go outside, make sure you have a third down cover linebacker or sixth DB to match up on the Metcalfs of the world, et cetera. That's the first the first thing right there at the top of the list. And I thought, man, in offense, he talked about being able to attack in the middle of the field. And on defense, he talks about closing the middle of the field. Yeah. Um, God, man, it's so funny. Like, and it's a common denominator. Like, when I was a player in Jacksonville, Dick Duran, who, great player, uh, played at Yale, he talked about it's the same for everybody in every sport. You got to be strong down the middle. So you think about in baseball, pitcher, catcher, middle infindle, middle infielders, and the center fielder. Basketball, point guard, center used to be the way that you win. In football, it's right down the pipe. Your defensive tackles, your Mike linebacker, your safety, you got to be able to have smart guys that are enforcers. You have to push guys to the edges, and that's where you put your speed. It hasn't changed. DJ, it never changes. Like, the way that you win in the National Football League has been the same, and it's been consistent from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. You have to be you have to control the middle of the field and you have to be able to dictate where the ball goes on defense and on offense. You got to attack them right down the middle because it makes life easy for the quarterback and everybody else. I'm going to read to what, what he said about the D, D line DTs. It says DTs or NTs and then DNs. And then I'm going to give you the, his all defensive line notes here. So uh, D line DT or, or NT inside guys need explosive quickness and can play well in a fairly confined space, explode power, quickness, leverage, if he's big and has explosive quickness, it's what you want. 4.8 speed is not the main ingredient, and size can be 275 and up if he has the other ingredients. Need a big, strong guy that you can bring in when you have to go across from the Munchaks and the Munozes. Let's think it back to that era. Uh, defensive ends, all-around player, big, strong, and can run. These are the hardest guys to find. Would rather have the big, strong guy than the faster guy to stop the run first and can substitute in for the pass rush. Uh, so that's kind of what he said about the D-line there, Buck. And I'm going to give you the, the four things he says right underneath that. Number one, you cannot get knocked off the line. Number two, size over speed at defensive end. Interesting. Number three, pressure up the middle for the QB can cause more problems than guys running around the corner. And number four, frame and growth potential are very important. Wow, that's, that's, that's a lot to unpack in that, right? And I'm, I'm going to unpack it um, 
using two different examples. Um, I was with the Carolina Panthers. We went to Super Bowl 38, and we lost to the Patriots on our um, Panthers team. Uh, at D-tackle, we had Brenson Buckner and Chris Jenkins, who was playing at an all-pro level during that time. Mike Linebacker was Dan Morgan, and the safety was Mike Minner. Um, all were blue players at that time, but because up front Chris Jenkins could absolutely dominate at the point of attack, it made life easy. And then when you talk about the ends, at end we had Julius Peppers and Mike Rucker. Julius Peppers was, um, as he described him, he was big, he was fast, he was physical. He was stout against the run, but he also could get to the passer. But Julius Peppers and Chris Jenkins were the two most important pieces to that defense, and that is why we dominated. Chris Jenkins' ability to routinely put the guard in the lap of the quarterback disrupted and destroyed the timing of the passing game. And then with Julius Peppers capable of not only stacking the line of scrimmage on the edge, but also getting to the quarterback, it just made the defense nearly impossible to deal with. And we played with two undrafted free agent corners, uh, Terry Cousins and Reggie Howard, and went to the Super Bowl. So everything that he talks about up front, those guys being disruptive, they absolutely set the foundation of the defense. And if you're good up front, you have a chance. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was fascinating, too, about just the size on the edge versus speed. You think about power rushers versus speed rushers. He acts like the power guy because he could set the edge as well. Um, we get to linebackers, and we can go through this one quick because I want to get to these DBs, Buck. But outside linebackers, big, rangy guy who can run if you can get them. They're usually the first-round picks. But settle for guys who can stay on the line, long arms, quick hands. The 6'2 outside linebackers are hard to like, even if they can run upfield. They're small with no range. Outside linebackers need size, speed, and athletic ability. Inside linebackers has to be able to play in close quarters, instinctive, explosive tacklers who can face up and knock guys back, uh, can play zone defense and not be put in a man-to-man situation. So that's a little bit of a difference there nowadays. Uh, Good blitzers must be football smart. Uh, Don't need great intelligence, need instincts, quickness and aggressiveness and leverage and explosive power. So those are the linebackers. Uh, well, we have an example every day when we walk in NFL Network, they're outside linebacker because Willie McGinnis is long as you can find. And then when you look at Mike Vrabel standing on the sideline, the length stands out. So their outside linebackers are like that. And then when you go to the linebackers and you think about the success that he had with Teddy Bruschi, um, power pack, great instincts, um, plays faster than maybe he tests because instinctively he is able to play one step ahead of the offense. And then I think the common denominator in everything that you read, that you're reading, physicality, toughness, knocking people back. Um, There's a style of play that kind of comes out in listening to you read kind of that report. You know that you can visualize how he wants his defense to play. And I think the personnel evaluations match the philosophy that he's also put out there. I want to read, Buck, great points. I want to read the uh, safeties in the corners and then some overall things because I want you to touch on the overall things here with the time we have left. Uh, Safeties, tacklers, especially at the safety spot, you want to be at least 200 pounds. Uh, Speed 4.5 to 4.6 range, need range at the two deep safeties. Um, 
you don't you uh, you do not need mental giants is what he said here. So it's got to be more instinctive. But you need size, speed guy. Have to be able to cover man to man. The two hundred pound four seven five tough guy cannot play for us. Guy has to be able to play the pass. The traditional strong safety guy versus the run is not what we need. Former corners moved inside to safety might be ideal if they have size. Uh, ball skills and judgment are essential, more so than pure speed and athleticism. Corner, tackle, and force guys. You need one pure cover corner, uh, 5'10 range and up. Cannot put guys on the field who cannot tackle. Size becomes a factor. Small cover corner guy is a liability. Uh, intelligence on defense is not a great factor. So those were there's a lot to unpack there with that buck. But I want to get to this last point here because he says DBs have to work well together like an offensive line, need a sense of teamwork and unselfishness. And I was talking to a coach the other day about this list, and he brought up a great point. He said, I, he said, I so agree with that, the cohesiveness of the entire secondary, the trust, understanding what some guy might be a little bit uh, uh, weak in one area. So on a particular coverage, you can kind of cover him up in that area, you know, knowing each other so well, all that communication. And he said, think about we have so many coaches now that mo- most teams have a safeties room and a corners room. These guys don't even meet all together as one group. And he said he thought that was a, that was a, a big mistake when you look at how if you compare it to an offensive line, uh, that's not doing it the right way. Yeah, DJ, there's a, there's a lot to impact. So um, a couple of things that stood out to me about what he said. Uh, there's a reason why we're excited a little bit about the DB class at corner because there were so many six foot, 200 pound guys. Those are kind of the guys that coaches prefer because they're long. They can match it with the big body receivers. And if they're tough enough to tackle, those guys can stay on the field. When he talks about safeties, um, Long ago, I had a coach tell me that the ideal secondary would feature one safety in three corners. And that third corner is basically your strong safety. So he can come down and play the tight end, but also is tough enough to be a factor in the run game. Because uh, you, you hear the, the steady uh, commentary on tackling. And then the cohesiveness of the secondary. Part of the reason why the Legion of Boom was so successful, those guys played together for a while. Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, uh, Brandon Browner, and uh, even Byron Maxwell. They were together three, four, five years. And what happens is you begin to have a level of trust that enables you to cover up for each other. If I'm Richard Sherman and I see something, I can tell Earl Thomas, I'm going to make a play. Cover me up in case I get beat. That's why it matters. Yeah, I I think that's a great point. I think it's a huge deal. the last thing that I'll get to as we kind of wrap this uh, this show up, Buck, um, here's his five problems, five potential problems with the defense. Number one on the list is tackling, poor tackling. Number two, selfishness. Think about that. Number three, you need size, big, physical, strong guys. Number four, you need competitiveness, uh, guys that play hard for 60 minutes. And I love this note right here. What does a guy do on the PAT? And number five is need symmetry in defense. So it all kind of works together. But I want to go back to number four because I was talking to somebody yesterday and he's actually going to do this assignment for he's going to have somebody in their personnel department put this together. What if you went through and you, which you can do through the video right now, for every defensive player in the draft, it would take a while, right? But you have, you got a bunch of interns you could divvy it up and sign it up and say, okay. Um, and, and maybe it's more for next year when you have more time. But to go into a combine meeting and say, okay, you're a corner. 
we watched you were on the field for 60 PATs this year and we gave you an F for your effort or or we watched you on 60 PATs now the chances you're going to block the kicker probably less than 1% but man you you played that play like you were like the world depended on it you know you were an A player on that that I think there's something you can glean from that as crazy as that sounds I do think that does speak to a little bit of your overall professionalism and competitiveness yeah DJ it speaks to that but it also speaks to this so if you go back and you look at Belichick and Bill Parcells, they use starters on special teams. And so their punt team comprised of mostly their starting defense. And so what you want, you want guys who took pride in in college so you don't have to reteach them in the pros. And when it comes to the effort on PATs, it's your ability to bounce back. Say you're the corner that gave up a 50-yard bomb. Are you still stuck in that last play or are you able to flush it and move on to the next play? Because next play may be a me come off the edge. I blocked the PAT and that's maybe the difference in the game. So as much as we talk about the performance, it kind of sheds light on your mental, your mentality. Are you tough enough to endure when you give up a play and can you bounce back? And then also the professionalism that you speak to. Do you play hard? Do you play hard each and every play? Because the one thing that coaches don't want to have to do, I don't want to have to coach effort. I want to spend the bulk of my time dealing with technique. The effort you have to bring on your own. Do you take pride in your effort? So, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that statement. Yeah, well, that's, uh, again, I think it goes to the details of, uh, of Bill Belichick and why he's been as successful as he's been because every single detail matters, and he's proven that throughout his Hall of Fame coaching career. Uh, all right, Buck, that's going to do it for us on this episode here. I do want to let everybody know uh, we have the uh, Justin Herbert 360 episode that's going to launch here. You're going to see that in video form. Um, that's coming Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch the Move the Sticks video show uh, on NFL.com, and then also we'll have that audio uh, released as well. Um, so be on the lookout for that. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really uh, one of our, our standard pieces of content here that, that we do each and every year, the 360 series. So I do think you will enjoy uh, the, both the video show as well as the, the Herbert 360 uh, audio show. So uh, that's going to do it for us today. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, stay safe out there, and we'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath Kitchen and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. 
Find great brands like Bosch at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com slash build. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco Cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CareerBuilder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job. The skills you bring to work. And CareerBuilder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits. Jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com.